Hello, my dears, and welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence. I'm your co-host, Alex Osinenko, Vice President of Growth here at ArcIT, as well as a partner. And right next to me, cross, you know, many miles, but right next to me on the screen is my co-host, CEO and founder of ArcIT, Boris Rappaport. Boris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, the magic of technology at work. Someday I will get a t-shirt that says RKIT as well. Those of you who are watching, um, you know, it's been about a year, but hey, you know, I, I we're, we're busy miles with away, you know, the FedEx doesn't work that far. No, I'm FedEx, yeah, uh, FedEx is the, at fault here. So today we're uh, going to speak in detail about avoiding internet browsing and Wi-Fi scams. This, this subject is important because with this latest cyber, uh, I guess, push for everyone, you know, a lot of our work is remote or today and will be potentially partially remote in the future. Remote is basically our, our future, right? Work and, and with that comes a lot of different uh, flavors of, of scams. So last uh, episode, we covered specifically some of the scams that go through the email. Today, we're gonna talk about internet browsing and signing up to the public Wi-Fi, how to protect yourself. So, so let's let's hit this topic uh, right on the most important uh, point where I think a lot of us get caught, and that is internet scams. Boris, can you talk us through what happens, how are they doing it, and how to protect ourselves? Yeah, definitely. Internet browsing and internet-born scams um, are is basically the second most used vector for the bad guys to attack us and get into our systems or, you know, do damage to our systems. And there's a few ways of how it happens. Um, one of the, I guess, one of the most prevalent ways in the last couple of years has been a, um, a redirect of some sort, right? So basically what happens is you go to a website, which is like a Yahoo or even, you know, your Gmail or Google, and all of a sudden you see a pop-up on your screen saying, hey, and actually it's like a huge red letters and it's loud noises like hey your computer has just been infected with a virus you know it's very important that you call this 800 number now and call this number now so we can clean up the virus for you otherwise um you know you're gonna have a virus and it's gonna be very bad so they're trying to psychologically kind of attack you um into calling the number and a lot of times the number will say this is microsoft support or this is microsoft security center um you know, you're being attacked, call this 1-800 number right now to clean up your computer. And a lot of people fall for it. And what happens next is you basically call the number, uh, you talk to a random person, you give them access to your computer, uh, they get onto your computer and all they do is close the internet browser window uh, for you. And then they charge you $600 or $800 or $1,000 depending on, on the case for fixing your computer. There's also a lot of, so if you search YouTube, if you search YouTube for, you know, people speaking to internet scammers or people hacking internet scammers, there's a lot of videos where, you know, actually IT professionals or other smarter people call the 800 number and trying to kind of get these guys to get them to 
basically, you know, kind of turning the tables on them and getting them either to admit that this is a scam or asking them questions that they can't answer about technology and how, you know, how did this virus get on my computer and things like that. So it's a lot of like funny, interesting videos and can be learned a lot from there. Educational in some ways. All right. Okay. So, so here I am going on Google or going on Yahoo or searching for some kind of a tool or, or, or doing whatever my, my browsing internet browsing up comes a pop-up warning your computer's been infected call this number it's a microsoft support center so it looks like potentially uh, okay that might be okay so i called the number they take my information down and they just basically close that browser so in fact the computer is not infected right in, in this particular scam um how to protect just us i mean besides just not calling that number how do how to recognize legitimate antivirus messages versus these sort of scammy phishing attacks? Well, so most of the time, an antivirus is not going to ask you to call any anywhere or do anything, right? So most antivirus software, especially if it's a business grade um, antivirus, um, is configured to present you with a pop-up saying, hey, there's a file that may be infected, please check it out or call your IT provider. If it's a consumer grade, they'll basically say, you know, it's like a McAfee that came with your computer. They'll basically say, look, we just blocked this threat. You know, here's where you can unblock it or get more information on it. Um, it would not be something that basically psychologically forces you to um, call somewhere. So that that's gonna that's the biggest difference, right? All right. So now we know not to call the number when um, it pops on us and somebody's asking us to clean the computer. And and, and just one last question on this one: um, the computer is not infected in this case, right? No, the computer is not infected. Again, this is just a scam in terms of trying to get the money out of you for you know just redirecting you to to a website that has a pop up. So there's ways to protect from that as well. Gotcha. Sounds good. Now, next phase is when your computer can actually potentially be infected, and that is by downloading some file or, or software that has a writer, you know, a passenger in it, uh, and that passenger is some, some sort of a virus. Can you talk through how this happens and how to protect ourselves from downloading these sort of files from the internet? Sure, sure. So I'm sure all of us have heard or remember the story of the Trojan horse. And this is actually what these type of viruses are called. These are Trojan horses, right? And if you don't remember, um, you know, there was a gift of a horse, a large horse that basically had- It was hollowed out. It was a wooden horse. Yeah. It was not a real horse, okay? Yeah. So it's a wooden horse, go through the gates of Troy as a gift from the invading, you know, army. Uh, uh, was it Alexander the Great? I can't remember. Yeah, it's another Greek. Um, I guess it was another Greek. Uh, either Athens or something like that. But yeah, that, that doesn't really matter. The biggest thing here is it's a wooden hollow horse that has enemy soldiers in it. Once the night set, right, the enemy soldiers come out and kill everybody in the city. Um, so basically it's a transport and this is what these files are acting as, a transport that hides inside it other threats. Um, so a lot of times when we go um, and we're trying to do something like edit a PDF, for example, right? And we want to do something one time and we want to do it for free, right? Because our main motivation is just to get it done and as cheaply as possible. Um, so we would search for like PDF editor and there'll be 20 Google results that come from it. Top ones being, hey, Adobe 
PDF creator and you have to pay for it. And then, you know, on the bottom, there's going to be some free software. A lot of times when we go to those websites to download uh, that type of free software, um, we don't usually pay attention to, you know, how the website looks. Is it a legitimate piece of software? We just download it and install it on our computers. And what happens along with that software, we get either viruses, malware, or spyware installed as well. So, you know, we can start using the software and start seeing ads popping up all over the place, right? We, you know, we then see that our computers may be slower to act and, you know, the performance is not as good. And in the background, what can also happen is the bad guys now have access to your computer, uh, which is a very bad thing, obviously. Um, and they can spy on everything that you do. Like you can also install key loggers. So anytime you log into a website, you can, you know, pick up your password and send it to the bad guy. So a lot of, if you're just getting some free software from the internet, you always have to be mindful um, of that, right? Or if you're using, you know, other tools uh, like the peer-to-peer -peer sharing, right? A lot of people download movies that are not sanctioned or licensed, right? There are copies that are out there using these tools. And inside those movies or inside those files, threats can hide and basically invade your systems. All right. And so what is the best way to avoid uh, downloading a file with a Trojan horse in it? Just don't, right? So that would be the, the first thing, right? First thing is, you know, it's always good especially nowadays where the software is cheap and you can get like a monthly subscription and cancel it, it's always good to go for licensed software as opposed to just something that's free and available, right? Trying to understand that the source or try to do more investigation on what the source is because there's also open source stuff that is free, um, but you can usually see that, you know, there's a community of people that discusses the software and supports the software. So in, in that case, most likely the software is good and it's not going to have a virus in it. Um, but at a, from a technological standpoint, you want to make sure that you have a really good antivirus and malware uh, software installed in your computer, right? You want to, I mean, again, since we're mostly focused uh, on business and this is the training for employees, you want to make sure that, you know, there's a business grade software that's installed because business grade software has better protections built in, it's easier to use. And on the back end, it's supported um, by, all, you know, a big community of security professionals that is also providing that feedback. That so feedback. the advice here is it's probably best to avoid downloading free, uh, free software tools to accomplish a quick task here and there. Uh, because that could be a very troublesome situation where your computer gets infected and either your passwords get stolen or you have ads showing up everywhere or the least of it is computers going to slow down or all of those things, uh, all of the above. So, you know, the advice is don't do it. Use business-grade software or buy a, a subscription from a reputable uh, cloud software uh, that you know, a name that you know. So if you, you know, for example, if you, if you want to, manipulate PDF files, probably paying five bucks a month for Adobe is um, a better solution than trying to get a free PDF editor that may have the writer in it or the Trojan horse. So um, that's very good. Now let's shift gears. And this is the one I'm, I'm uh, absolutely curious about because we, you know, we airports, we everywhere, we use public Wi-Fi. 
all the time. What's some of the threats related to public Wi-Fi and how to protect ourselves from those? So there's a couple of different ones. Um, so one is in general, uh, when you're connecting to a public Wi-Fi and you know, it's one of those where you're not required to enter a password, right? Where you just connect and then you go to some website and you like click on a click on a box and say, yeah, I accept all the license and terms and conditions, whatever. It's basically a lot of that is saying, hey, um, you're accessing our public Wi-Fi. We're not carrying any responsibility for what happens to you or your computer if you read the fine print there. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is because those that type of access is not really secure. There's A, anybody can connect to it. And B, there's no one-to-one -one encryption that happens um, between your computer and the hotspot. So even when your computer just talks to the hotspot, right, or the access point, somebody can actually intercept that wireless traffic and look at it. So that happens even before you, you know, you're talking to the access point. Now on the access point itself, because anybody can access it, there's other people um, that can also eavesdrop on your traffic. So there's a lot of um, kind of risk that's inherent in this to where there's multiple points where people can intercept your wireless traffic and look at it. Right. So, so is it advisable? Sorry, a follow-up question to this. I know, I know there's more there, but um, is it advisable to avoid using, uh, let's say, like your bank account or any kind of secure or financially related, I guess, browsing when you're on a public Wi-Fi? Just keep it to the simple search, or do, it doesn't matter because once you sign in, do they have access to everything, or they're just looking at your traffic? And so avoiding some of the more sensitive uh, kind of work can help. So now this would nowadays, I think even using your bank account is is somewhat safer. So it depends on what your bank is, and you know what type of what type of sensitive information or what type of sensitive websites you're visiting. Right now, the push has been uh, there's a strong push for using HTTPS. Um, across all the websites, right? Mm -hmm. And the difference between HTTPS and plain old HTTP is the fact that all the traffic between your browser and that website now becomes encrypted. So it doesn't matter if you're on a public Wi-Fi or not. Mm. It's very hard. It's very hard to decrypt traffic that is properly uh, secured with HTTPS. Now, some businesses, or you know, if you're working for a company that you know, provides you a tool, uh, but doesn't require HTTPS. I mean, there's still stuff like that. Now that traffic can be easily intercepted in you and you probably don't want to do that. Um, so, you know, when Google says, hey, this web, you know, your Google Chrome or your Safari or your internet, um, internet Microsoft Edge says, hey, this site is not secure. That means that it's not using HTTPS and you should definitely be avoiding uh, looking at those sites while you are uh, in a public Wi-Fi space. So that's yeah. one uh, risk. Now, the way the bad guys can get around that is we've seen that happen before. Large spaces like airports or conferences, right? And we haven't been to conferences in a while, but before when there were conferences, the bad guys can actually find out what the, you know, the broadcasting SSID of the conferences, right? The public, you know, network is, and they set up their own little hotspot. Uh, and people who are in that area, instead of connecting to the main one, connect to their to theirs, right? And that way, then they can intercept all of the traffic and actually decrypt it, uh -huh. which which then presents 
a problem for you, even over HTTPS. Wow, very interesting. So, so a a scammer can set up their own Wi-Fi that looks like the public Wi-Fi, and you connect to it, and then you're real trouble. Yeah, correct. And oh again, it happens. These are these things are more targeted, right? So it, it would happen at a conference probably more than the airport because they're trying to get somebody or a subset of people and sniff their traffic. Like if it's a security conference or a financial conference, right? There, there, um, there's there's definitely more effort and investment that's involved with doing this. So it'll be more targeted type of. All right. So, so now we understand the threats. What is, what some of the advice you, you're willing to share to help us avoid uh, getting ourselves hacked through the public Wi-Fi? Well, so the first thing is, again, if you have a choice between the easy one where you can just click and connect and then check the box that says, I accept all the terms. And then there's also one where they say, hey, this one is secure, then give you a password to access it. Use the one that has the password to access it as opposed to that easy checkbox one, right? So that means there's more encryption going on. The traffic between you, your computer, and the access point is actually encrypted. So you're eliminating one threat there. And then HTTPS, again, is the biggest one. So avoid browsing, avoid browsing websites that say, hey, this website's unsecure always try to conduct any business on a public network using you know secure making sure that the green checkbox is always there on your google chrome and then third you want to protect yourself your computer your employees so hopefully your company is helping you with that basically using a either using a vpn right and vpns have been always associated with remote access back in the day, so it's basically a road employee using their laptop, connecting back to the corporate network through the VPN um, to access the files. So that was the, kind of the, the biggest premise and the biggest use case. So now VPNs are, you know, are used differently in the fact that you're basically connecting to this VPN and then so all your traffic from your computer to the VPN is always encrypted so nobody can look at it. And then on the back end, um, that VPN provider can either connect you to, to a browser session, so you can just browse the internet or connect you to a corporate office. There's more, You're, you can basically conduct all of the things that you would do normally um, on your computer through a VPN. It's forcing all of that data to be encrypted so other people can't look at it. That's only valuable or valid if your employer provides you with uh, a VPN, right? Well, you can sign up for a personal VPN account, right? Um, you know, it's 10 to 12 bucks a month, but I would ask my employer to do that for me. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so that, that was a strong overview of what not to do when it comes to internet browsing or how to protect yourself, downloading files and potentially getting a Trojan horse, as well as protecting your computer and your sensitive information by giving some real good tips on, on how, to, how to protect yourself from when you're logged into public Wi-Fi. So, I, you know, if you need help with any of this, uh, of course, Arc IT is the IT services, full service company. We uh, work with architecture design and engineering firms. And if you need help or have questions, you can always call us.